Welcome. This is Unfolding, the show where I talk to creative business minds. My name is Marco Pfann. And today we are talking to Wesley Terha, the co-founder of MediaMonks. So welcome. We are back at the Unfolding podcast. And today I'm talking to Wesley Terha, the co-founder of MediaMonks. Welcome. Thanks, Marco. So how comes that you're sitting in Mexico now? Uh, well, it's, it's not just because of the weather, although it helps. Um, we have an amazing team here. Uh, it's a really key market for us for talent and teams and also our uh, biggest commercial market in Latin America. So I've, I've spent regular time here since 2018. Why do you like, okay, you think this is a sizable market? Like this is something like a big company, like because MediaMonk is big, right? MediaMonk's. This is a market that is big enough for you? Well, it's it works in two ways. One, we have amazing talent here that works for our global clients, including our client right. base in the US, which is by far our biggest market. But um, the, it is an interesting market when you look at it as um, maybe the new hub for Latin America. I think historically for our big enterprise clients, that has been Miami yeah. or Spain. Uh, but I think Mexico City is um, is one of the most exciting cities on the planet. It, it tra attracts yeah. a lot of uh, talent at every level of seniority, and it means more of the ownership on Latin American budgets or at least Spanish Latin American budgets now sit here. So I, I think it's grown as a as a commercial mm -hmm. opportunity for us, and I honestly believe it will keep growing. I, I think Mexico in general is um, is on the right side of a massive amount of trends at mm -hmm. the moment so um i sound a bit like the mexico city tourists uh <laughs> board but it's a, it's a city that that has a lot of growth still to come so we're seeing that reflected in business Good. opportunity that's beautiful i mean it's a lovely country nice people and the, if industry if the industry is picking up that would be amazing yeah cre creative industry i mean widen uh started an office here i think about a year year and a half ago really? i think gut uh gut is here now so you you can see, uh, was actually surprising to me when we first started here, there was really only the traditional set of agencies and very few of the indies or digital natives. Right. Uh, but we're seeing that change as well. So we were maybe a little earlier, but it's good to get a bit of company. So the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, because if anyone knows something about the future of the creative industry, then it got to be you because you at the, the forefront of everything on AI and everything, what's happening right now. But before we dig into that, would you give me, um, give the, the, the audience uh, a quick introduction who Media Monk is? Because I think there are one or two out there that still don't know who you are. <laughs> so please, quick oh, summary. Wow. Where do you come from? How yep. was it possible that you grew to, I think like 6,000 people are, right? Yeah, I think we're eight, 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 eight thousand, thousand five hundred. So um, it's a, it's a story of two parts. Um, I founded, co-founded it in two thousand one. Uh, really, um, very young at that time, so no master plan. Very far from it, but excitement, right? The excitement of uh, at that time a relatively new channel, creative opportunities of what we used to call the internet, um, and really a celebration of that sort of moments of creativity so the original tagline for media monks was uh, uh media monks digital art um and of course 
2001 wasn't a great moment to start anything in digital. Uh, as it started picking up, we became uh, um, a dominant sort of digital native indie in our local market, the Netherlands, and then started becoming an international player in 2010, where we focused heavily on digital creativity and craft from a production perspective. Grew that into a, a global footprint with four offices and about 300 people. And then really I got to a point um, that we wanted more, took out, took on some outside investment, tripled the company. And then in 2018, joined forces with Sir Martin Sorrell, SMS, as we call right. it, Sir Martin Sorrell, uh, to really use MediaBanks as the foundational part to build a competitor for the, the traditional network, um, mm. network uh, companies that our industry is sort of dominated by. And that's what we've been doing for the last four to five years. We've done that um, in two ways. One is what we call mergers. We don't do acquisitions, we do mergers. We've brought a lot of amazing talent in, um, but we've also had lots of really great organic growth um, because I think we offer something that's a bit different, slightly different way of working. Single PL, single brand makes it easier for our talent to organize and operate around what our clients need. And we're probably broadly seen as a player that sits a bit more at the front lines of chain. Um, and that can be changing user behavior, it can be changed in technology, it can be changed in platform. But I think we've always been seen as a a partner that can help clients manage through that change and then sort of grow on top of it. Um, and that's where we're at now. Let's let's say it's eight thousand, eight thousand five hundred people. Uh, two or three, four offices. So it's, it's so quite many questions so about how you grew that, uh, with the different levels of the run stages, but we're not going to go get into that today. <laughs> um, that where it's like a whole other episode, but yeah. you, you said change, like you're at the forefront, you're seeing it as being of someone being someone uh, at the forefront of change. What's yep. so tell me what, what do you think where the whole creative industry is heading right now? Well, I, I think we're probably seeing one of the most disruptive moments the industry will go through. Um, and I, I have it at the level of probably the initial commercialization of the internet, where both consumer behavior, technology, and the role of agency or agency-like partners changed. I think we're going through the next phase of that with um, generative AI, but also um, what generative AI unlocks in, in the sort of broader end-to-end AI ecosystem um i think i think a lot of our industry isn't quite ready for that change yet okay. because it's it's a it it forces us to think differently about commercial models right our industry broadly is based on time and material and right? you get paid mostly for the hours your people spend on things but if you look at AI broadly, it's a speed and scale story, right? You can do more and you can do it in shorter amounts of time, which is fundamentally, um, uh, there's a fundamental friction there when you look at traditional agency commercial models. So I, I think at the industry level, um, and I'm having all of those conversations with clients, right? Changing the commercial models, working together in different ways, more value-based um, uh, payment models, more output-based payment models. If you look at it from a talent perspective, I think it's it's the biggest explosion of creativity that I've seen in a really long time. I think it opens up a really interesting different way of working for creatives. I think it gives them 
it's an overused term, but it gives them superpowers in many ways. Okay. And I, I think generative AI really unlocks what marketing teams, creative teams, Asian teams can do for business. Right. I think we, we can have a much bigger impact on business. I think we can unlock the original promise of, of digital, right? The original promise of digital is a version of personalization and massive scale in real time, high in context, conversational, like that's the promise. Refractional that, marketing, something like that. Yeah. Uh, sequential, highly personalized. There's this hint of what digital advertising and marketing ecosystem and consumer experience should feel like. Mm-hmm. I think AI is actually the technology that closes the gap between the promise and the current reality. So it's exciting. Okay. Okay. But here's the, here the, the, the common creative and the, here's where we just talked about like fractional, yeah. I, I like, like marketing and like, and I mean, having AI definitely closes the gap or g- g- helps us, but there's a mindset problem. Don't you, Agreed. don't you think like with the people like getting, like you said, you talked about the impact of business Do people actually, in your experience, because you do work with a lot of people, you have a lot of teams. Is this something that creatives are interested in? Creatives, yes. Uh, what I've actually seen in our teams, at least, which I, I think is is quite exciting, is a lot of the grassroots excitement has come from creative and creative oh, teams. Because right. I, I honestly think good creatives, they're good creatives because they are, um, they're always looking for something new they're interested, they are, uh, they're always excited about opportunity like that, that I think you need to be open to opportunity to be good creative. So we've seen a lot of the initial grassroots excitement and adoption actually come from creative, which I think is a good sign. I think I agree that adoption and mindset is the biggest challenge because there's anxiety about the technology. Yeah. Right. Is it is there going to be job loss? Is there going to be undermining of of you can get very philosophical, right? But is it undermining of the role of some people in in um, in um, companies or society? But now, currently, it's does it impact my job? Um, the way we've talked about it, and mm-hmm. we've been really, I think, um, committed to being super clear and transparent to our team, and we started doing that I think in February of this year technology is here it's not going to go away it's going to move faster than we're probably going to be able to predict and most will feel comfortable with but it's our goal to be fast and first right because fast and first we need need to make sure our teams are fast and first we don't know what the future brings but we know it's going to be great to be in a space where you can show that you're knowledgeable about technology, you have portfolio, you're excited about it. That's going to be a key skill set in our industry moving forward. So yeah, it's, I always say it's 50% excitement, 50% anxiety. Um, we're trying to lean into the excitement part of it. So I'm old enough to, that I have, re, uh, that I've witnessed the, the change from analog to digital. Um, and that was kind of, was kind of the same thing, like anxiety, yeah. like, um, no one is going to be using film anymore. The prices dropped, which they dropped. They dropped massively the prices back then. But also, like there was an influx in jobs. No one has yep. had uh, was anticipating. 
Do you think something similar could happen now that there are new jobs coming out, a lot more work that we don't even know about yet? Yeah, I think historically that's been the case. Uh, big change. It can be messy while it happens, but there tends to be there tends to be um, new needs that originate. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, uh, sizable percentages of the work that are done today um, by people become mostly machine two years from now, three years yeah, from now. Okay. But I think the work that people uh, will be doing, it might actually be more work because the machines will open up, uh, I would say, uh, a higher uh, level of opportunity when it comes to our work in general. So while we might be seeing machines encroach on part of it, I think it creates uh, quite a bit of additional work as well. Um, but the, I, I'm sure you, you watched the OpenAI Dev uh, Day update. Uh, it's moving quickly, man. There's there's a lot of progress. Quick is is an understatement. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's crazy. And it's like almost yeah. every day, and something new comes out, mind blowing. Yeah. And uh, well, my wife, she 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 never did 3D. Now she's used. She's doing amazing 3D work with AI now. She better than I yeah. used to do it. That's amazing <laughs> what this thing can do. So yeah, I agree. What's so? Are you working on any secret AI projects <laughs> that you can can share publicly? Well, we're, <laughs> well, we're there's a few parts to that. So we we're lucky enough, I think, because of our role and sort of reputation, we we tend to be quite closely connected to a lot of the roadmaps, um, AI roadmaps from big tech companies. So. Uh, some some of this came out. Uh, I think it's been in the news that we're um, a launch partner for Meta's Sandbox AI, for instance. We we just had a really exciting, uh, almost product launch together with Nvidia uh, in at IBC International Broadcasting Event. So we're doing quite a lot of work that is quite fundamentally connected to where some of the big tech companies are headed. Mm -hmm. And I, I sort of describe it as a cloud and compute revolution, right? That we, we've seen a cloud revolution, which was really about flexibility and cost structures. And now it's cloud and compute because it's also about the, the activity that can now, um, um, the activity that can now run in the cloud to replace what would historically be maybe pieces of manual labor or physical costs. So we're doing a lot of work in that space. Um, we're helping our clients fundamentally transform how they run their marketing teams and business. Okay. Which is that, really exciting. So that's real business uh, impact if you help people restructure the, the departments and things. Restructure the departments, their workflows, their ability because it's sort of interesting, right? The the excitement now around AI is mostly around generative AI. Uh-huh. Which just means we if we have to put it really simply, we can make more. Right? We can yeah, make more okay the economics have changed. But then the question becomes, is more better? Well, maybe. But that means we need to look at how we activate media differently, right? It needs to be at higher scale, more real time, better feedback loops, allows us to capture a little more signal. That becomes a data story, right? If we have more signal, we can get better predictive modeling on our data sets. So generative AI is the, the sexy part of this story. Okay. And it's the very literally visible part of this story, but it opens up 
I, I think, a fundamental change in how we talk about digital advertising. So for a few of our clients, we, we're sort of going through that transformation, which is really exciting. Uh, and then we just have cool works. Like we're, we have a bunch of, um, there's a really cool generative AI campaign we're, we're launching with a big uh, food company soon. Uh, that's just fun. It actually reminds me, to go back to a bit of history there, it reminds me of some of the very creative work we used to do back in the Flash days almost, right? The, yes. <laughs> yeah, just sort of really cool visual uh, personalized work. So, yeah, it's the whole spectrum. It's it's from transformative stuff to cool tech stuff to to just shiny things and workflows, right? It's like also like the automation part. Lots of workflows. Lots of workflows. What excites you personally uh, with that with that new change? Because this is a new change um, changes the industry, changes the whole world. What what what's what about AI? Is it that excites you? How how big it is? Big. And it's yeah, it's like it it's it's you sort of. Uh, I I was trying not overstate uh, if if possible, but like there there's a hint of industrial revolution type stuff, right? Which is that's sort of crazy to be um, a part Do of one of those. Do we un still underestimate AI? Personally, I think yes. I I think we overestimate. I think we overestimate, and maybe not, but we overestimate, or at least over uh, uh, philosophize or fantasize about the the sort of outsides risk, right? The Terminator Skynet part of the story. Well, <laughs> uh, which I be very disappointing if that because <laughs> we we could have known, we could have known. Uh, but we, we spent a lot of our <laughs> we and funnily enough of course the the models are then ingesting the script so we're sort of teaching yeah. the model the roadmap which maybe isn't Watch great movie. yeah <laughs> yeah though yeah it's like we could have known but so i i think there's a lot of we philosophize or fantasize around that level of impact constantly but i think we actually underestimate some of the what happens six months from now? What happens 12 months from now? What happens 24 months from now? I think even when you look at film, if you, if you, because uh, I'm in, uh, I spend a lot of time in LA, of course, where we've, we've had the writer strikes, um, which um, are now uh, over, but then we still have the, um, the, uh, the actor um, strikes. It's interesting to think about the impact on spaces like that, because we're seeing a fight that I think is, it's a fair worry, but we're also, are we at most 18 months away from high-end film production from the machines with Hollywood level special effects, right? W what happens to how we think about that industry if everybody can make everything, right? That's w interesting. What happens so if, a, if a leaked script can get imported into the machine and made into a movie? by everybody with a decent decent machine, right? So I think we, we underestimate the short-term cultural impact because we spend a lot of time sort of about the, the apocalyptic stories almost. In short-term, I mean, so if everyone 
can make any movie at any time, just needs to load up, upload the script. So I could make my, my movie, I, I, I could script my own movie for tonight. Well, it's yes, and we're not there yet, right? Uh, but if you look at the speed of change, just the last three more, if you would have asked our team three months ago, how long will it take until we get end-to-end um, -end film production from the machine 60 frames per second? Yeah. They probably would have said two years. Yeah, okay. I think if you would ask them now, a year? Whoa. So really? It, it's really, yeah, the exponential speed of it is just difficult to predict. But on the one hand, super exciting, like explosion of creativity. On the other hand, what does it do for industry? Find is it is it sort of what is it another Napster moment? Uh, what Napster sort of yeah, did Napster, for the film, Napster, but what, what comes industry. after that? Like to me, it's like okay, what what's can can you see what's behind that? Like, what's the next thing? Because there got to be some new business models out there. Yeah, well, that that I think is the the exciting thing to think about because you sort of look at. The disruption came from an Napster and then the business model came from a Spotify. What's going to be interesting is, is somebody going to be able to figure out the business model and get ahead of the, the Napster moment? Or is that just too difficult, right? If you're, we had this conversation in LA um, a few months ago where it's like, if you're at the head of a big studio, what do you do? And maybe the question is, do you want to get fired in two years or five years, right? Do you want to get fired because you're trying to make the change too quickly or do you get fired because you didn't make the change? It's... Or you lead the change, maybe. That's yeah. the kind of, I think that that would be probably the the only only real thing you could do at this point, just go all in. Makes no sense yeah. to, to fight it. And I'm sure um, digital native players like the streamers and Netflix will, will use this for amazing amazing opportunities within their model, right? More personalization, maybe much more production, faster turnarounds. It, it's going to open opportunities for the leaders and it's going to be risk for the um, the ones that have to follow. Okay, so in summary, there is some, some good news for creatives, but also it's like unpredictable what's going to happen. Um, I think we both agree that there will be plenty more jobs in the future, but we don't know what they, how they will look like. Don't know them yet. <laughs> don't even know them yet. Um, so what's, what, what's like, how does a, a company like Media Monk prepare for such an uncertainty? Because I mean, change is always happening, but now it's kind of like the, the future has never been that unpredictable as it is now. How do you prepare for that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the first, I think it's um, it's being excited about change. And realistically, we, we always talk about fast and first. When we commit to a change and we know it's real, then it's our goal to be there uh, as quickly as possible, right? So that's partly internal. Huh change okay. management and, and training and partly it's commercial models and partly it's the work we do. So uh, number one is uh, commitment to the moment, commitment to being fast and first. I think the other other part of that is while we don't know uh, every step of the way, I don't think it's that difficult to predict where we're heading. So we, we have, I think, a pretty clear vision of where 
the industry is moving, uh, what our role within that industry is. Mm -hmm. Do we know exactly what that looks like three months from now? No, but we have a decent idea of where it'll be two to three years from now. So we, I think, have been good at mapping that out, uh, committing to that as a leadership team, and then now it's all about execution. Um, and yeah, execution is is ninety percent of the <laughs> of the success. But yeah, that that the ten percent, the the vision of where it's heading and our role within that landscape. We uh, we are quite confident about. Uh, I love that because you, you're like, I mean, if anyone should be worried, it's you because you have a lot of people on your payroll, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot, a lot of cash flow in there, and you're not, you don't see anxious at all. And that when I talk to smaller companies, 30, 40 people companies, they're super anxious about the future with AI, especially when I talk yeah. to film production companies, even animation. So I yeah. love that you actually have a very positive outview outlook at. On the future, yep. in combination with AI, I love that. Um, I have a question. I think, yeah, go for it. I think the no. the ter I think term came out last. Somebody talked about it last week, right? Techno optimist. Optimist. Um, Techno optimist. Like uh, to be honest, I, I do get the anxiety. Like um, if you're a smaller team or a bigger team, like it's I get where that comes from but the other side of that is if you can't get excited about something so massive and so transformational what can you still get excited by right it's that's it's so a true. pretty it's a pretty crazy i still look at some of the stuff that's happening even what we saw uh yesterday you're like who, <laughs> who was predicting that right okay. who was predicting that like 18 months ago it's pretty amazing so, this is a, a, a personal question. That, that uh, question, my personal question to you is like, what? Like bringing, like leading your company through many cha uh, changes. Like um, you said, you started out two thousand one, then was two thousand eight. Um, we had a pandemic, um, the few crises in between. Now we have a recession. For you, what what, what what's the most challenging thing? build such a company or run such a company, lead such a company? I think it's the, the honest answer is that the last few years, it's tough, right? Because we, we've gone through, I, I think we keep saying once in a generation, right? This is once in a generation. This is once in a generation. So um, I, I think it's it's been it's been more difficult than it's ever been to clearly understand not just the moment but the moment after it because the there's less of a, a clear trajectory and you saw that with COVID where the initial worry was really high right Every, yeah. everybody in us and everybody in our industry was was pretty much uh, in survival mode for two three months and it was like oh my god but then actually there was a massive explosion of work uh, and we probably had, weirdly enough, one of our best years ever. Um, but then that trajectory dropped quite precipitously, really quickly, as we as we hit this pullback that we were predicting, but we were predicting it not at that speed and uh, uh, velocity. So it's very sort of stop-start, high growth, pullback, 
new technology opens up a bunch of doors, but does it take away opportunities? Like it's 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 more difficult, I think, <laughs> than um, at least it's been in my working lifetime. Um, and what we do, and all honesty, I, I think we 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 can do it better, is give our team at least a, a cohesive vision, right? Um, sure. This is our role. The world will change. We will find our role within that space, but we have it staked out, and we're we're clear on where we're heading. I think sometimes we we might not be clear enough to our team. I think we've done okay with AI, but I I think we we sh I'm actually doing something next week on it, hopefully to to do more. Uh, but yeah, I think people need um, a vision that they believe in that gives them the feeling that their career is growing and growing within the right environment and that they're part of a company that has an opportunity. I always say to win, but that maybe sounds too competitive, but to be relevant. Like you want uh -huh. to work in a, in an organization that's relevant. Um, so yeah, that that's what we focus on. But we're this few years um, and a few more, I think, pretty interesting years to come uh, and talking to a lot of people uh, in similar sort of roles and positions in the industry, everybody has a bit of a similar takeaway. Like, I've never seen something uh, like this. So yeah. So would you describe this pretty much leadership? Right, it's like uh, helping people to to feel good, to still with a job choice, to to actually be creative, and yeah. have like a hope for the future. Really, like like uh, and and actually hope that they can grow, that they can invest something, that they can get better, and don't have to worry that in five years they don't have a job anymore. No, and I think it's also, I think you have to be, in moments like this, you also have to be, um, I think it's, there has to be like an intellectual honesty to it. So if you if yeah. you look at Cannes, for instance, earlier this year, the Creative Festival, I found it, I, I didn't feel it was intellectually honest, a lot of discussion around AI, right? because it's clearly going to impact some jobs. It's clearly going to impact some of the work that we all do. It's clearly yeah. going to impact parts of the industry. But there was a very uneasy truce between everybody to not talk about it in that way. Um, okay. But then I, I think it's a disservice to your team, right? Because if you don't have a feeling of where it potentially impacts, then you also can't mitigate, right? You can't yes, solve. So... Yeah, I think a bit of intellectual honesty and transparency is quite key in those moments. How would you, like, what would you wish that, what kind of conversations would you love to see in the creative industry around that topic? Uh, I I think, I think we need to be honest that there is a, a new way of working. Okay. Uh, at least early phases of it. There's a new role of creative. I think historically, and it, this gets into like, this gets into maybe the um, the story that's been going for a while. The the idea of a, the traditional big idea versus maybe more digital native and more channel specific thinking. Right. That that's been a maybe not. A battle, but it's been a, a process over the last 10 years, right? It's less and less about a single big idea and TV sport and more about how how does it feel in all of these different touch points that 
brands now have to sort of operate in and across. I also think so much of it will be about speed and agility. Right? I was talking to TikTok, uh, I think about two weeks ago, and we were talking about trends where you used to be able to sort of focus on the subculture, right? There would be a subculture and that culture mm. would exist for 10 years. And sure. now you have trends that, that explode and that live and die sometimes in days uh, or weeks. And our traditional process of inside strategy and creative disconnects us from some of our, some of our ability to respond with the right agility and speed to those types of opportunities. And AI can unlock that, but it, it changes how we have to think about our role, right? It may be more curating, maybe it's 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 more managing output versus um, end-to-end uh, laboring on a single piece of work, yeah. right? Because culture has been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up so much that I sometimes feel traditional strategy and creative gets a bit disconnected from it. Um, okay. So that, that, that to me is where AI becomes interesting because if you can harness it in the right way, I think it allows people to get to output quicker. It allows people to get to insights quicker. It allows people to get to craft quicker, right? But sometimes I think we, we feel that something that's done quickly maybe isn't uh, good enough question is with AI can we get it there like can we get the level of fidelity that good creative needs in much shorter time frames I think is exciting so you are, you are already doing a lot of you're working with the top brands right did the kind of jobs or the the, the, the um, requests change since AI is on the market like do they have other things do they want to test something are there um, so, what changed? I, what problems I are think, we solving now? So, I, I think we went through an interesting cycle. So, lots of initial uh, excitement, um, but also lots of complexity. Mm-hmm. What does this mean from a legal perspective? What are the ethics around using this technology? Okay. So, we, I think, have been uh, quite diligent in helping our clients get through those questions. I feel, and we, we've done some really fun work, but it's been a pilots and project. I feel we're, we're now at the next wave where the technology feels like it's in a more mature spot. It feels more legally uh, safe, right? There's a lot of indemnification already available via the, the technology companies. I think OpenAI announced copyright protection, right? If you get sued when you use their enterprise technology, they will take, uh, they will pick up the, um, wow. the legal battle. Really? Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like the, the Adobe Firefly um, indemnifies the Picasso, the collaboration between NVIDIA, NVIDIA and Getty indemnifies. So I think we've gotten to the point where the initial excitement now is also translating to scale because there's less legal risk and we work for big clients, the enterprise, and the enterprise is about mitigating and managing risks, right? So yeah. we're now seeing this next wave where honestly the the key conversation, which I love because it's disruption and I think that's to an extent why we exist, 
is how can we do what we do completely differently? What would it look like? What would it look like if you would build it from the ground up? If you would um, let go everything that you yeah. did in the past and start over again now. Yeah, what would you do? It would look different, right? Well, it would look different. That's a very interesting question. And and we've used that same question for our internal teams. What would what would we look like if you would start tomorrow from scratch? What would that look like, feel like, operate like? And that to me is th- those are the biggest conversations yeah. you can have, um, and really interesting, um, intellectually um, sh- stimulating, yeah. um, fun ways to think about the world. But that's what we're seeing with our clients now. Fundamental questions: What would this look like if we do it completely differently? So well, even the, uh, so, what you're saying is even the big companies they are at the forefront. They want to lead that. They they are, they are not afraid of tapping into this. Also, they don't know. I think everybody that we talk to, and I, I've probably talked to a hundred or so, either existing clients or hopefully new clients over the last, yeah. uh, let's, <laughs> hopefully new clients over the last, let's call it seven months, eight months. Um, I think everybody understands that this is a fundamental shift. Um, and it is, in my mind, as big a shift as the internet is now here, right? You know that mm. you're going to operate differently. The only thing that we also now know is adoption cycles are shorter, right? So you, as a big enterprise company, you could ignore the internet for five, six, seven years before you really needed to be there. You're not going to be able to wait five, six, seven years for this. Um, yep. And there, there's interesting, I was talking to somebody about that this morning. You're also seeing the first hints that there's sort of a compound effect to this space, right? Being in the early movers seems to make you more difficult to catch up with. You can sort of see that in some of open AI's progress and how difficult it's been to catch up. You, you can see some of that in NVIDIA's uh, lead, right? And how difficult it's to catch up. So. I think there's something fundamental to the space where the compound effect is a bit bigger. And we we can see that that's reflected back via the conversations we're having with clients. So I think everybody understands it's foundational shift. I think everybody wants to move. Not everybody can move quickly. Um, and why is that? There are a million reasons. Some of that is just complexity of org structure. Some of that is scale of a business, some of that is still legal worries. Some uh-huh. of that, which I thought was really interesting, who owns AI within the organization? Oh. Right, who I've seen, it's probably one of the more interesting components to the landscape. I've seen companies where HR owns it. I've seen companies where the CIO or CTO owns it. I've seen companies where marketing owns it. So it's also, yeah. because it's relatively new, or at least a generative piece, I think uh, it's also figuring out where in the org does it sit, right? Who owns the roadmap? Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm enjoying the scale of the conversation, right? This isn't incremental change. This is this disruptive differences. It's which... disruptive, and there will be like big projects in the end too. Like if people if companies want to change, there will be big big jobs yeah. on the market. That, and and I honestly I I think for our type of organization, which is a, is probably a bit more creative, um, mixture of creative and tech, um, 
it's it's interesting because I think it actually put makes us a more important partner to the the sea level. Yes, um, because this technology sort of so much of it is driven through the lens of what creative can add, right? So I, I think it actually it's, it's kind of like creative. It, it actually that's actually good. What you which what I just realized is like the whole AI thing that gives the creatives a whole new like a much better role now right it's like yeah. like actually with ai we should be in the c-suite now talk to the well, board that, and and like it, it it sort of goes back to the madman uh age or era but creators have lost some of that that role yeah. and responsibility right they're no longer of course this is this is um not the case for everyone uh, everywhere but we we're less uh, impactful, important than we used to be at that level, and that role has been taken up by consultancies and system integrators and and big technology companies. So I, I think it actually opens um, it opens avenues to reclaiming and retaking some of that yes. role, That's which beautiful. is pretty exciting. Yeah, which is so yeah. that to me is good news. This is really good news because now we're getting more like. In the early conversation, early stage of conversations, of big conversations, getting involved in the real talk, and we can actually help steer the direction in some way, and then actually be, and not just not just the the, the order taker, but maybe someone that brings something to this table, something new, helps companies be more creative in the end. I love, I love, I love that idea. That's a that's a beautiful idea. Let's yeah. stick with that. We'll stick with that. That's amazing. Yeah, because collectively we've sort of been stuck in execution for a while, right? Like it's it's is this? the industry has been relatively stale. So you're executing, and now you're you're part of change again, which is good. Madman execution and no change. That's good. That's that's a that's a great that's a great trajectory. Wesley, I don't want to um, take too much out of your day. I know you're a super busy man, but one more question, if I may. What's your message for uh, the creative industry? Be excited. Be excited. Be excited. Uh, biggest um, shift in opportunity and um, I think creatives, uh, creatives process yeah. that we've seen maybe since... Uh, definitely the internet but maybe more than that and we have to be excited by that because I think creatives and creative industries are the ones that synthesize and then have the opportunity to create what it actually becomes right so we we're at the forefront of let's call it an industrial revolution and it's actually an industrial revolution that's perceivable through the lens of the work we do right generative AI is yeah. is creative it's about creativity it's about output it's about visuals it's about sound if we can lead in that space, we can have an outsized impact on what that space becomes and outsized impact on what we as creatives are um, responsible for. So it's, it's actually a, it's a great opportunity for us creatives to create or be part of the future, create the new future and not just, um, yeah, go deeper into production and stuff. I really love it. It was a great talk. Thanks. I had like, I was really, I'm excited now. I'm really excited. Um, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Marco. I appreciate it. Same here. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marco Fun. 
and hope to see you all again on our next show where we unfold creative business minds.